I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I love Exploring the Prophetic because we find out things that some of you don't even know, like there's modern day apostles, and I have one on who I'm actually serving in his movement. Currently, right now, my wife and I are on the uh, International Apostolic Team of HIM Ministries with Che and Sue On, who are the apostles of the whole thing. There's literally tens of thousands of churches that are in this network, just peer-to-peer resourcing each other, connecting to each other. It's amazing. But he also started a church called H Rock Church in Pasadena in 1994, which was birthed really during the same time as the Toronto you know, renewal started to break out. They had a renewal breakout at their church as well and just became a hot spot for supernatural activity where people would get touched by God, powerfully have prophetic experiences, healings. Well, he became the president of the HIM, Harvest International Ministry, which became a, a worldwide network of churches with over 60 nations involved, just trying to change lives and transform cities, discipling nations. And his background is he has a master's of divinity and a, uh, from Fuller Theological Seminary. And so he ended up you know, connecting to a lot of very, I think, transformational thinking through this. I love the way he thinks and just will sit down and talk for hours. And it's just, he's thinking on so many levels of just social transformation and not just, not just churches growing, but actually how does, how do churches engage and transform their cities around them, which is amazing. So he has a lot of books. He's been pastor, he, a prayer movement with, he was the president of the call for a while. He, you know, he's just amazing what he's done. But one of the books is called Say Goodbye to Powerless Christianity. Yes! How to Pray for Healing, The Grace of Giving, and God Wants to Bless You. And then his newest book, Modern Day Apostles, which you'll hear a little bit about the story behind. Like, how did he know he was an apostle? How did that happen? Because that's a real, that's been like a weird term in a lot of ways for the church until you understand it. His book breaks it down to where it's no longer this big, weird title, but it's actually a very practical title that has practical purpose to it, which is amazing. I'm friends with this whole family, so he's four children. They're all married. They have amazing grandchildren. And I just love this man with all my heart. You're going to really enjoy our interview today because hearing from a spiritual father and hearing from the depth of his experience is going to help connect you, even how he's still on a learning journey. Like he, you know, he's, he said to me so many times, like I'm learning from you about the prophetic right now again. And I mean, this man has heard from God since he was first saved. You'll hear some stories, I'm sure, but he's still hungry to go to another level, which is so inspirational to me that the teachability of just saying, I want more has always been a part of his DNA. And because that's a part of so many of our DNA to just keep going after the more of God. So before we get there, I have an offer for you. Please stay tuned. I have a new eight-week e-course called God's Secrets, and this is developing a lifestyle of words of knowledge. And I'm going to take you through teaching, activations, impartations, even quizzes to understand what words of knowledge are and how to have a biblical-based approach to applying these in your everyday life. I want to encourage you, download it now. You can do it online at your convenience over eight weeks, and it's going to change the way you think about the prophetic. Go to bowlsministries.com or www.courses.bowlsministries.com. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I have on the show today, Pastor Che On. Che, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sean, for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited that you're on. I mean, you're one of the apostles in my life, and you just wrote a book called Modern Day Apostles at the same time as I wrote a book called Modern Pro- <laughs> Prophetic or Modern Prophets. I'm so excited. We didn't even know. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's amazing. God incident, you know, 
that there'll be a convergence that you would come up with the same title for prophets as I would for apostles. So that's really cool. I thought it was really cool, especially because we're both building uh, in the in the obviously this family in the same kind of arenas and world. But we're believing for some things to really shift in our generation. And you've been a part of historic revivals pretty much since you got saved. And right. here, here you are kind of giving, laying out a vision for not just California. I know we have California Dream. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But you're laying out a vision for worldwide. There's tens of thousands of churches involved with HIN, the, the ministry that you're the apostle of. But there's also yes. all kinds of people outside of it who are looking at you and they're listening to this this vision like you're you're so inspirational to tell us it's happening like the move of god is going to happen in such an astronomic way we're about to see a global worldwide revival and i love that you're a leader of this of this thought or this kind of this narrative yes i'm so excited because the spirit of god's moving so powerfully sean you know we're seeing according to dave barrett's encyclopedia now dave barrett passed away but he came out with a 2010 encyclopedia before he passed away, which is a in-depth census of Christianity globally. Oh, wow. And according to him in 2010, 180,000 people were getting saved every day wow. globally. And uh, the numbers are just off the charts, like 35,000 every day in India, 25,000 every day in China. Wow. Uh, Indonesia, Indonesia, which is the largest Muslim nation, in the world is now 35% born again, according That's to Dave so Barrett. Awesome. And so, yeah, we're seeing a tremendous move. But what I am after, and I think you're after, is more than just souls being saved. We really want to see nations being discipled. And that's a great commission. You know, Jesus didn't say, uh, go and make disciples in nations, win souls and disciple them. Of course, that's part of it. But he literally wants us to disciple nations, teaching them to obey everything he's commanded us. And so that's why even the book, Modern Day Apostles, I talk about what does it mean to be apostolic? You know, we know that we're all to be prophetic. And, you know, the word says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So if you're a sheep, you can hear his voice yeah. and you'll follow him. And, and, and of course, we're all to be evangelistic because the Great Commission applies to all of us. But what does it mean to be apostolic? And so I go back to the root word apostolos as it was used during Jesus' time by the Roman Empire. Yeah. And the Romans, of course, as they conquered territory, they realized that people would rebel unless they brought Roman culture and Roman laws quickly into that conquered area. And the ones who had to enforce that were called apostles, whether there would be a general or a governor. And so Jesus is saying the same thing. I have a kingdom as well, and I do have a kingdom culture, and yeah. I do have kingdom values, and I want you to bring heaven to earth. I want you to bring heaven down and bring the kingdom to earth um, and so I feel that's what it means to be apostolic. And I think every believer can shift the atmosphere yes. and bring the heavenly values or kingdom values in their workplace, in their neighborhood, at school, uh, wherever their influence is. And so I really feel that's what uh, is on God's heart, that he wants to see transformation of nations, not just souls being saved. Now, let me make it real personal because I'm thinking of you like, Part of the reason why you have this teaching and this message that comes out of you is because God's called you apostolically, and you've had and you've worked with Peter Wagner, who was your spiritual father, who helped yes. to kind of define the apostolic in the last generation, and now you're helping to help define it for this generation. How did your calling of apostolic ministry start? Well, you know, it really happened when I was a brand new believer. I was saved in 1973 during the Jesus People Movement, and um, and then uh, around. Uh, three years later, uh, I was a student at University of Maryland, 
And I was just going to the uh, College Park campus. I was at a red light, and I heard the Lord speak to my heart. He said, look out the window. I want to show you something. And so I stuck my head out the window, and I could not believe what I saw. I saw a relief map of the world through a cloud formation. And uh, during that time, I was waiting for the light to turn green. The, the wind did not distort it. It was very accurate. You could see North America, Latin America, Europe, Africa, China, Russia, India. But proportionally, uh, also Australia, but proportionally, India and China was twice the size that it should be. Wow. It was so stunning. Sean, I pulled the car over to the side of the road, and I literally got out and just was just asking the question, am I just seeing this? Or is this really a vision from God? And the wind didn't distort it, it stayed that way, what seemed like two, three minutes. And, um, and I heard the Lord said, I've called you to the nations. But you know, there's a big difference, as you know, being a prophet between revelation, interpretation, and application. Yeah. You know, we get the revelation, but our interpretation could be so immature. And mine was, I thought, oh, I'm called to the nation, so I need to join a mission organization. It so happened a few weeks before at our church, but the church I was attending, we had Gary Stevens, the vice president of YWAM at that time, uh, speak uh, to really stir up the young people to go to the mission fields. Yeah. So I thought, oh, so I'm joining YWAM. <laughs> that was my interpretation. <laughs> Drop out of college and join YWAM. So when I submitted to my dad, my dad said, you're not dropping out of anything. You're going to finish college. <laughs> and then he said, then he said, you have to promise me you'll go to seminary because my dad was a Southern Baptist, a traditional conservative and, and he was Korean, pastor. And that was part and of And he was Korean. <laughs> and of course, and the Koreans, you know, and Asians value education big time. Exactly. And so, so, uh, and, and then I submitted to my pastor and my pastor said, you know what? Record the vision. But you're not, you know, ready for this. Um, you're you're just a brand new Christian, and you just need to mature and grow. So I thank God for the godly counsel. But it was back then where God gave me a heart for the nations. And then wow. uh, in '94, when the Holy Spirit fell in Toronto, uh, long story short, Cindy Jacobs prophesied to me that God called me to the nations, and that uh, I would lead an apostolic network and that we would be establishing churches on every single continent. And by God's grace, since 95 when we started, uh, that is what has happened, and give him all the praise and all the glory. Well, and I, I mean, I'm involved directly with your, your movement and your ministry. And yeah, you're part of our international team. <laughs> totally, and I just one of the things that drew me to you is that you're, you're, you say things, sometimes even how you just said what you just said, there's a heart behind it of so much passion for people and so much love. And so much connection to what's going on, not just for the churches and nations, but what's going on in the nations themselves. And so I think, and you're intellectual, which is really actually part of the inspirational thing because you actually think through not just the spiritual dynamics, but you're willing to look at the natural. And and I, it's really inspired me through the years of just seeing, like I'll meet different people who are involved with HIM and all of a sudden they tell me their spiritual journey of how they joined. And it's always seems to come back to a connection to your heart and to Sue's heart, your wife, and how like yeah. they just saw the love of God through you, and you guys, your love has made this huge on ramp for people to do ministry in places with faith that they haven't had in other places. So I just say that as a compliment to you, just because I really love. Well, thank you. you so much. Yes, I love you too, and thank you so much for your encouragement. And of course, Sean, you have been such an incredible prophet in our uh, network and to the nations. But we're so grateful for the encouragement that you have given to the body of Christ and specifically even to me when we were in Singapore 
and how you gave me that incredible word. And I, I like to just share that because it just really rocked me. Because first of all, you mentioned, you started out by mentioning my middle name, which no one really knows. <laughs> I didn't even Shay. know what I was saying. <laughs> I, yeah, you just said ho. You said ho. Does ho mean anything? That's my middle name. Okay, ho on. And then you said my wife's maiden name, but you mispronounced it. You said it phonetically, Roxas, but it's pronounced Rojas. But when you said that, I said, oh, my goodness, Sean, you just got our middle name and, uh, and Sue's maiden name. And then you mentioned Silver Spring. Does Silver Spring mean anything to you? And, of course, that's where I got saved in Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland. And we experienced the Jesus People Movement there. The Bible study started there in Silver Spring. Then you started to mention all my addresses, the previous address <laughs> that I lived in, 2020 Woodland Road, where the revival broke out in Mod in 1994, and then uh, Cambridge uh, House is where I live now. You gave me the address to my Cambridge, and also you gave me my landline telephone number, which no one, you know, people give cell numbers, but not landline. You couldn't exactly. even find that. <laughs> so, and and I said, um, all those addresses, and you then began to tie together by saying you experienced revival in all these uh, locations represented by the address and city. And the place you're in now, you're going to see the greatest revival, and you're going to see the culmination of all the uh, fruit, the best fruit of those previous revivals. And that so encouraged me because sometimes, you know, you're in this, and I've been walking with the Lord for 45 years, and, and you know, you want to see it, but you want to see it so quickly. And, um, and so, uh, but, that, but that just gave me encouragement because I didn't know that a few years later, I would be turning my heart back to California and to the United States and focusing on really seeing revival and reformation happen in the United States. You know, at that time, when you gave me that word, we were in Singapore and I'm traveling all over the world yeah. and trying to really serve the other nations. But when you gave me that word, that so encouraged me that you would give me my California address in, uh, in Pasadena. So thank you so much. Oh, it's a, it's a privilege. And I love I love our movement because it's everyone's so hungry. It's so easy to bring encouragement because they're already on the journey. It's like we're just bringing fire to the the or fuel to the fire. But I will say this: Let's go to the California Dreaming thing because I remember when that was happening. It was right after that word, and then Cindy Jacobs at one of the events gave such an incredible word and included the term California Dreaming, which we all didn't pick up on for like the next year. Yeah, you, you picked started, it up. You yeah, yeah. You well, picked I, it up. You, you have I to remind notes. me. And I just yeah, was I'd like, like to remind this you. is a significant moment. It's just prophesying, but we were in the middle of like a lot of really good sessions in a conference. And so I think right. it was almost getting lost. Not that we weren't stewarding it well, but it just was so much. It was like a fire hose that whole weekend or the whole week. Well, but, it was 2016. And, you know, 2016, you had Azusa now, of course, at the LA Coliseum, where it was really the last call, if I could say yeah, that, it uh, was. you know, significant call. And, um, and of course, even in January, uh, James Gall at our Prophetic Destiny Conference prophesied West Coast Rumble. Yeah. And he prophesied that to Jeremy Nelson and to me, uh, the two of us that were going to be involved. And, of course, Jeremy took it and has been having nightly meetings now for over three years. Wow. Which is amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so, but Cindy said in August of 2016... She said the fourth Great Awakening has just begun, and then she said California Dreaming. So my head's spinning because I, I love church history. I was a history major in college and focused on uh, history and seminary. And when she said the fourth Great Awakening, I'm just saying that is huge because the first Great Awakening in America was 1738 with Whitfield when he came over and, of course, the Wesley brothers. 
and then Jonathan Edwards. And then the second Great Awakening, 1801, you have Charles Finney and the Circuit Riders, uh, the Methodist Circuit Riders, and the Haystack Revival in Northampton, Massachusetts. And the third Great Awakening, a lot of people debate this one, but I think is Azusa Street, 1906. Yeah, I would say the same thing. And so the fourth Great Awakening has just begun. I'm just saying, wow. So, you know, um, and this is, again, a year before God called me back to California. So um, this, uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, I sort of had checked out of California because I turned the church over to my son, Gabe, yeah. in January of 2016. So even when James said West Coast Rumble, and he said, Che, I see you being involved with it, it went over my head. Wow. And I just said, well, you know, any way I can support the emerging generation, I'm all for it, but I don't see myself doing this. <laughs> and how quickly my life has turned around, oh and gosh. now we're just focused on California. Oh, it's crazy how much. So, so how did it happen? Tell us how it happened. Because that's like, it's one thing to get a word, but all, I mean, it changed the trajectory of your life again. Yeah. Like how did well, that you happen? know, I love I love when people prophesy, people who are credible, people who have a proven track record. And so um, in um, October, September, October of 2017, I get an email from Ed Silvoso, and he's good friends of yours and mine. Yeah. He's in San Jose Bay Area. And he says, I have a word for you, but I need to deliver personally. Which is so, not like so him at all. That's Which like, is not like him to fly, no. you know, he says, I'll cover my own expense, you don't have to fly me out, and um, I'll take care of my own transportation, and I just need to meet with you. So Sue and I met with him October the 3rd, and uh, we're hosting him for lunch, and uh, he said, uh, you know, I'm really burdened for California, and I want to see California transformed. As you know, California is the most liberal state, and, uh, you know, with all the... Uh, you know, the abortion issues, the gay rights, transgender issues, the uh, just what they're teaching in elementary schools uh, as far as uh, how Sacramento has so influenced the education system here. And it's been like that for as long as we've been here since 84. That's why we homeschooled our kids, because wow. it was just not reasonable to send them to a public school for us, at least as, as a family. And so I said, yeah, I agree. And he said, the key to seeing California transformed, he says, are the apostles. And I believe that. I actually was working on my book at that time on uh, how apostles are revivalists and they are reformers. They're to transform culture. And he says, so who do you think is the spiritual father in Northern California? And without any hesitation, I said, um, Bill Johnson. And uh, I said, he's one of many, but I believe Bill is yeah. a key you know, uh, spiritual father. And then he said, who do you think is the spiritual father in Southern California? And without hesitation, I said, Jack Hayford. And I think he's one of many key leaders in Southern California. And he said, well, I agree, but you know, Jack's retired. He's in his 80s. And he said, uh, you know, and then Ed said, I would have said John Wimber too, but he's passed away. So he said, the Lord spoke to me to tell you, you're one of the spiritual fathers in Southern California. And, you know, I don't say this, you know, in a heady way. It was just what he shared with me. And I received that because I'm, I'm a father of four adult children. I'm a grandfather of six grandkids. So I realized, you know, this time for me to uh, assume the responsibility of being a spiritual father in the body of Christ as well. So I received that. And then he said this, he said, have you seen the harvest that God promised you when you first came out to California? This goes back to a prophetic dream I had September 2nd, 1982, when I was oh, wow. 26 years old. The Lord gave me a dream. A black man appeared to me in the dream and said, come to Los Angeles where there's going to be a great harvest 
I woke up from that dream and I heard the words, the time of revival is at hand. I woke up Sue, we both got down on our knees and we said, God, if this is of you, you have to confirm this and catapult us into Los Angeles. We knew no one in LA, no family, no friends, That's no wild. one. Sue had never been to LA in her life. And so, so anyway, um, here we are in LA and, and I said to Ed, I said, to be honest with you, I could rationalize the harvest by saying we've seen it globally, but we have not seen it in LA. You know, we've had church growth, we've had favor, but not the harvest like I saw during the Jesus People movement. Yeah. And he said, you're going to see it, but God's going to give you apostolic strategy on how to transform California. And that was his word. And so, you know, and, and, and Sean, at this time, I'm going around the world. I was right coming back home to do my laundry, and then I was getting back on a plane to go to Five Nations wow. um, in November, you know, October, November. And so... Sue and I pray every day, no matter where I am in the world, we just FaceTime each other and we pray. And so during this time, as I'm away, we're praying every day, what does this mean, Lord? What does this look like? And I felt like the Lord said to me, cancel a lot of your international commitments and start uh, focusing on California. And, uh, and then in November, I heard the Lord say to plant 10,000 churches in Man. United States. I thought that was a crazy number. And I said, Lord, you're, you're going to have to give me a confirmation on this. I can't just come up with a good idea. It has to be God's word for me. And sure enough, a few months later, I'm speaking at a conference, and a guy I had not seen in 20 years. He's the other speaker. The first thing out of his mouth was not, hello, how you doing? But, Pastor Che, I have a word from God for you. Wow. I said, what's the word? He says, Genesis chapter 24. He says, you are Rebecca. And you're going to be the father of thousands and ten thousands that's going to possess the gates of your enemy. And when he said ten thousand, I said, oh, my goodness. And of course, you know, uh, I had forgotten that passage and I remembered it. And I even looked it up just to refresh my memory. And I said, it does say ten thousand um, descendants. And so, you know, I feel like that was a confirmation I needed. So that's California dream. And we're starting in California. We want to reach the Hispanics because they're the poorest in California, demographically speaking, yeah. and the harvest is among the poor. And so we are planting churches. So to date, we just got started. We planted four churches among the Hispanic people in Southern California. And, uh, you know, we're just going to just plant that small mustard seed of the kingdom, knowing that in the long term, it'll grow to be a large tree. And so you have to start somewhere. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. And um, it's so exciting because we're seeing souls saved. These kids, as we're doing these outreaches for families, uh, seeing them weeping at the altar, never heard the gospel before, coming forward and, and giving their hearts to the Lord and then planning a church after the outreach has just been so fulfilling for me. That's amazing. I just, I love that because I think of who you are and how even the stage of your life, all your kids are based in LA and Southern California right. and it's like your family's here. And I just feel like there's something really special when God focuses. I mean, you could do all you want in the nations and it's amazing. I love everything you do, but there's something really special about this stage. Like your daughter just had a baby, your youngest just had a baby. And yes. It was so awesome. And you get to be here in the context of you're planting in the land that most of your family's in. And I think there's something significant parallel spiritually to that. I just think it's really beautiful. Well, thank you, Sean. Yeah, it's very, very encouraging, and God's been very gracious to us. So you you have actually been able to take on a mission this big in your heart, 
because you've already killed the lion and the bear. I mean, you were a part of Revival, like you said, in the, the 90s, you guys really started up right around the same time as Toronto. You guys had an outpouring here in Pasadena. That was before I lived out here in Los Angeles. You guys had the, the Pasadena outpouring, for lack of better words. But I came a few times, and the Holy Spirit was so strong. And so you guys had the, the stewardship of that. Then you, were, you helped Lou Engle steward the call and really birth right. the call. And so I think it's really interesting to watch. You know, I'm looking at it as a, you know, looking at a spiritual father going, your faith has been so huge. But like you said, you have the longevity of believing things for years. I mean, you had these promises when you were a young man, really. Right. And they're just now manifesting now. Right. And I think that's the thing about the prophetic. Uh, you know, a lot of times um, people get discouraged because they get a word from God. And, and I've actually during survey, how many of you received a word from God years ago that has still not come to pass and majority of the hands go up, you know, yeah. and so we could all relate to that. But but the thing is, God is faithful. Some things happen right away. Some things uh, take time. A cool thing happened to me just uh, a few months ago, actually last year, right before I, uh, we celebrate our 39th anniversary, the wedding anniversary. Congratulations. I had, uh, well, thank you. I <laughs> had um, lost my ring, wedding ring. I, oh, wow. I never took my wedding, I never took my wedding ring off in 39 years. But as I was approaching the anniversary, I couldn't take it off because I had gone fat. I, you, know, <laughs> I, you know, 39 years I've gained weight and I couldn't take so we uh, we had a um, driller in our church uh, who just came with his little drill tool and just cut it off. And then he said, I'll enlarge in the ring for you. And so I had it enlarged, but I got too large. And somehow it slipped out and I lost my ring. Oh, no. But I knew it was in the house somewhere because I knew, you know, that I had it on before I left the house. And then it was gone while still at the house. So I'm searching everywhere, Sean. And I mean, basically, I tore my house for three months looking for the ring. Oh, wow. And of course, I prayed the Bobby Connor prayer. I want exactly. my ring back. You know? exactly. <laughs> and so three months right before my, this is now getting close to September of last year. And so I'm just sitting in my chair, having my quiet time. And, then, uh, and by the way, to be honest, I had given up and I told Sue for my wedding gift, anniversary gift, I like a new ring. And she promptly said, you know, you need to believe God that God's going to give you and find, help you find that wow. ring. And so she had more faith than I did. So anyway, I'm sitting in my chair, and I hear the Lord say to me, out of the blue, I wasn't even thinking about the ring. He said, look in your closet door, by the door jam, and the ring will be there. Wow. It was so clear. So I get up, and I go to my closet door in my bedroom, and Sean, it wasn't like the ring was laying flat it was standing perpendicular inside the carpet that I could only just see the top of the uh, the ring. Wow. And I saw this shining, you know, uh, light gleaming down. I said, that can't be, is that? So as I bent down, <laughs> there was, my ring was right there where the Lord told me. And I thought, you know, God, your voice is so beautiful, but it's so practical that you just helped me to find something that was so precious. And, you know, he cares about us. And so... Uh, so I just want to encourage the, the um, listeners that if they have a prophetic word, they haven't seen it, just continue to persevere. In due season, you're going to reap, and you're going to see that prophetic word come to pass. And I think that's what happens, too, when you get closer to where there's a general move of God, where the Spirit is more available to everybody and the faith is increasing everywhere, is that we get a lot more words. Like a lot of the words in the Bible were for the now or the immediate future versus the long term. Like most of the 
most of the prophecies and promises in the Bible were either the big ones were about Jesus in the long term or were about the immediate. And I think a right. lot of people have not been used to the immediate words. And uh, I hit a lot of unbelief sometimes with even in our sphere of influence. It's like sometimes I'll give a word to somebody and they're wrestling with the fact that they have five words they're believing for that haven't come to pass yet. And I'm telling them some of the time frame that says in the next six months, this is going to happen. And one of the things I've got feedback over and over and over is I don't know if I can even believe that right now. So I'm like, well, just yeah. partner your faith as much as you can and let God do it so you can refresh and reset your faith. Because a lot of people are do get disappointed with the more long they have to wait, the longevity or whatever. And I just feel like God's coming to mature believers and saying, let me give you hope in the immediate future again. Well, you know, you're the one that really inspired me to wait for these words of knowledge um, and uh, to really, uh, you know, know when he does speak what that feels like. And, um, and I love... Uh, your book, Translating God, because the whole premise of that is that if you have an intimate love relationship with God and you love people, you're going to get words for them that's yeah. going to really just transform their lives. And so I, I was so blessed uh, to learn from you and just to be still and just say, God, you're speaking, giving dates and addresses and specifics, and you could be very specific about this ring. And sure enough, he did oh. come through, and it was just so encouraging. Oh, it so blesses me. That's amazing. Well, I know more's coming, and I'm excited. I can't believe we're already done with – we've already gone through 30 yes. minutes. This is crazy because I love talking to you. I love hearing from you. Uh, but um, well, if, you would, you. if you would tell us one more thing, which is in the midst of going after California Dreaming right now, what's the riskiest thing that God has asked you to do on this last year or so season? Okay, the riskiest thing uh, in this last season um, – really is, um, I hate to say this, but you know, I'm now the senior pastor again Wow. Uh, of HROC. And if you had told me a year ago, it was not on my radar. And just between you and me, I mean, this has been podcast, but you know, my, <laughs> you know, Gabe. Yeah. And so, you know, and I appealed to him to take, not, not to step down because he felt like God called him in ministry, but not to be a senior pastor. Uh, he felt it was really the stress level was so high. And I understand that if you don't feel the grace that you don't want to do it just to please your dad. So I was so proud of him that he obeyed yeah, God. But but here we are, you know, all of a sudden we're thrusted back. But even though it's been a tremendous risk because I had to cancel a lot internationally to really focus on um, uh, Pasadena and California, but I had already started to make the shift in 2018. Uh, I had canceled even before I knew I was going to be a senior pastor. I, I was counting around five different nations that I had just canceled just because I wanted to be here in California for outreaches called California Dreaming and the Dream Fest and all the events that were going to take place. Yeah. So God had already prepared my heart. And so um, so in that sense, it's risky uh, that it's not something that was on my radar. But on the other hand, uh, sense, I feel I'm in God's perfect will. I love that. No, that's huge because we're one of the themes of this season of the podcast is risk. And it's just awesome when people hear an example of somebody who has been walking with God so much or for so long and they hear like, okay, what is a risk to you? Like what is and that's a huge risk to all of a sudden take your eyes off the international focus to some degree and go back into a local, but you're also birthing ten thousand local churches. So it makes sense. It makes it sense, does like, make sense you know, yeah. for a season that God put your eyes back this way just so that you're 
in your relationships of how you're training people, your current, in the sense of it's, it's almost like people who are great grandparents or grandparents and they're having to deal with, uh, you know, someone who has a two year old and they're like, I don't, I don't totally remember that unless I get engaged in it, <laughs> you know, but if you're, that's a good analogy. That's a very good analogy. True. It's like that again. It is, you know, and all of a sudden you're back of being a parent. Yeah. And but you know what? We have an incredible apostolic base and the Lord began to speak to me that we're gonna model it for the other HM churches in California. And now we have the opportunity to do so. And you're right, we're gonna be the apostolic center that's gonna send out all these church planners. So I'm very excited about that. Well hey, I'm so glad you've been on the show and I want to encourage everybody who's listening, get the new book from Pastor Che on modern day apostles. It's gonna change your life. And also how do the people get a hold of you? Well, you know, they could just go to the website now, H Rock Church or Harvest I Am. They could just Google that, Harvest International Ministry, and they'll come right to our website. And, and they could just follow me on uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter, all these social media accounts. Which is amazing because you're doing a lot, which is you're steering a whole movement into a new direction. So I'm going to encourage everybody who's listening, follow him, get on to H Rock. They have incredible weekly video podcast of their services. Pastor Che, it's been so awesome to be with you today. I uh, love you, Sean. Thank you for having me. Love really you appreciate too. it. All right, bless you. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.